Hello everyone, welcome back to But Is It Healthy? Today we're going to be talking about a lovely frozen tree as we start to move into those warmer months where I'm at. Maybe it's getting cooler where you're at. I hope that you're all enjoying the weather, whatever it is. And I hope you all had a great holiday this past weekend, or if the holiday is continuing for you, hope it's going well. But let's dive right into, is frozen yogurt healthy? So, is frozen yogurt healthy? That's an interesting question because the inherent argument for consuming frozen yogurt in the beginning is that it is supposedly healthier than ice cream. Now, when you look at that though, I immediately had to ask, well, what is the difference between frozen yogurt and ice cream? That was my big question when I first had to look into this, and there are some differing definitions, so let's cover both of them. The first and the most commonly cited definition on the internet is that frozen yogurt is made with milk instead of cream. This would inherently mean that it is lower in fat content than ice cream is. Now, looking into it a little bit more, that's not necessarily always the case. Frozen yogurt is made with milk, but it also does have elements of cream in it and other different milk products because, quite frankly, you can't just use one version of milk to produce any sort of frozen item that tastes good as several studies about the production of ice cream and the production of frozen yogurt went into. There is a very interesting movement in this field right now, or at least in the whole of the dairy industry, to come up with lactose-free products because 70% of the global adult population cannot consume or at least cannot digest lactose. That would mean lots of people out there are taking lactase, so Apparently, I need to go buy stock in that company or whatever company it is that makes lactate. <laughs> but that does mean that you have people who are not buying their products or who are buying another product in conjunction with their product. So can we make lactose-free ice cream, lactose-free frozen yogurt? Well, you can make lactose-free ice cream that is available pretty widely at this point. Lactose-free frozen yogurt is slowly but surely making its way into the world. They're still in development for that. At least that's what the research I found suggested. The research is a little bit older. It is from 2019, so I don't know whether or not that's stalled out with the pandemic. I didn't find follow-up research, so that could just mean that a company took on the research and started going into product development versus just having it be generalized research that is out there that anyone can access. So with that in mind, if that definition of frozen yogurt as being a dairy frozen treat that does not contain cream doesn't work, what what's another definition for us? Well, unfortunately we don't have a legal definition here in the United States. It is not a specifically broken down term by the FDA. So we have turned to more global perspectives. So the Food and Agriculture Organization, in conjunction with the World Health Organization, has a codex of different foods and their definitions. Can I access this codex? No, because it's in Italian. There is probably an English version out there, I just haven't found it yet. But, going off of a translation in a cited article, the these 
these two organizations have a very specific definition for what frozen yogurt is when compared to ice cream, which would be that frozen yogurt contains about 2.7% milk protein, no more than 10% milk fat, and has a titratable acid content of 0.3% lactic acid. Now, I want to clarify because I'm sure somebody misheard me. I said 0.3%, so not even a full percentage of lactic acid should be hanging out in your frozen yogurt. So, we have a functioning definition for what this is now. And as I said before, the argument for why frozen yogurt is supposed to be so much healthier for you is that it's not supposed to contain fat. Well, does it? Unfortunately, again, I'm, I'm running into a lot of limitations with this, but I got asked this question personally, so I really want to find a good answer for you all. Diving into that a little bit, we have some different studies that I can cite, but I also want to take a look at a consumer company that has put out their data for us, basically in the form of nutrition facts. Not all nutrition facts are online, and I would like to point this out to Anyone who is in charge of that or has a say in that, we would like those things, particularly for those of us with food allergies or other dietary restrictions, because quite frankly, it's very stressful to have to go into a restaurant and go, hey, do you know what's in this? Because lots of people don't. So I would like to be, give a huge thank you to Tutti Fruity Frozen Yogurt for actually putting their data online and leaving it available to the general public. Um, also, your website's not secure at the moment. Just heads up. But anyways, according to this particular company, their frozen yogurt typically ranges from zero grams of fat per serving, or well, per one ounce by weight, not per serving. We'll get into serving size here in a minute. But that's zero to 0.5 grams on average, with two different flavors that come in at a much higher number, but Again, it, you're going to see variation depending on what kind of flavors you're adding to the actual product. So those two both came out to having two grams of fat. Now, we talked about how this is per one ounce by weight. That is how they measure the person buying their product. They sell frozen yogurt and frozen yogurt toppings by weight. You fill your cup with the product, you add your toppings, they set it on the scale, and you get charged based on the weight. Now, if we're going to use the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics's definition of what a serving is, or at least one of their definitions, this is not the all-encompassing definition, but I needed something to use here for this, they said that a serving should be something that contains three grams of protein. Which isn't a whole lot, but when we're talking about something that is 90% sugar, that can sound like a lot. And it basically came out to you would need to be eating three ounces of frozen yogurt. I'm not adding toppings to this because I don't have all the data for the toppings at this location. In order to hit that serving size. Now, three ounces of frozen yogurt is supposedly supposed to come out to about half a cup. I don't personally know of anybody who takes that portion size because if I'm going to a frozen yogurt place, I know for a fact that the person I'm buying frozen yogurt for 
is going to have at least five ounces of whatever it is, plus whatever amount of toppings they can shove onto it, and I'm going to sit there awkwardly drinking lemonade. But this is an important thing to remember because I'm using these averages here, but if you are going to diverge from those averages, or what I'm saying should be your portion size, it completely changes how much you should be consuming. That's just kind of a baseline, something for you guys to figure out, and this is actually where my episode's going to go a little bit off my typical script. I have a challenge for you all. So if you eat frozen yogurt, go look at how much protein is in it, figure out what a serving size is, and let me know over on Instagram or shoot me an email. Um, links in the description below. You know how to find me if you want to. But I'm very curious to see what are some of the other places out there because unfortunately I'm limited to what's in my area and what I can find data for. So let's talk about are we actually on a broader scale hitting that low goal because at least if you're going to tutti frutti you are not getting the same amount of fat which winning because that was our goal. That was our only goal. So a 2017 study came out that was using the data for the United States National Health and Nutrition Examination. This is a 24-hour recall survey, and this survey has been going on since the 90s, and they put out new data every couple of years and in this huge conglomerate so that different people can analyze the data and break it down into different things. Now, this is a recall survey, and with all recall surveys, there are lots of issues with the fact that human beings don't remember things well. Or at least we don't remember things in the way we think we do. We can maybe list everything we ate yesterday, but can you give me an accurate amount? We don't necessarily view how much we're consuming in terms of scientific terms, which makes it a lot harder for someone in a scientific field to go, okay, I asked you about how many cups of coffee you had, but if your average coffee cup is a 16 ounce, that completely skews the data if I'm using an 8 ounce standard, or if I'm using a 240 milliliter standard, or if I'm using a half a pint standard. It really depends on your measurements, and people don't have a good grasp for what they're consuming quantity-wise. You can maybe tell me what you had, but can you tell me how much of what you had in a term that matters. So that would be the issue with using a recall survey. It is the data we have and it is good data because it is so huge. It is this conglomerate and this particular data set looked from a 20-year period from the 1990s to 2014 and broke down and they were comparing yogurt to frozen yogurt and ice cream. They wanted to see with this hypothesis that frozen yogurt and ice cream were going to be less healthy than yogurt. I I think most of us had that hypothesis, and when I tell you the study supported their hypothesis, I'm sure I've shocked none of you. But they did have some interesting data, which is why we are going to break it down here. One of the big takeaways from this is that very few people were actually consuming frozen yogurt in this time frame within the day they were asked to recall. This broke down to as 5.3% of the population had yogurt one day. 0.9% had frozen yogurt, so 0.9%, it's a very small amount, and 14.3% had ice cream. 14.3% of the population had ice cream on a random day in that 20-year period, so 
lot more people are having ice cream. And as far as that breakdown goes, frozen yogurt had a significantly more amount of toppings being added than ice cream did, with ice cream having 14.8% of people adding toppings and a frozen yogurt having 29.7% recalling adding toppings. Now, this matters because the toppings really do have an impact on your energy. Energy is how we actually term calories. This study does not list their results in calories. They go through and they list it in kilojoules, which means I went through and I converted all of their kilojoule numbers into large calories or food calories. Now, a large calorie is going to be what you see on most nutrition labels versus a calorie that you may remember from science class that was the amount of energy needed to raise water by one degree. Different unit of measure. But they have the same name, just to make your life confusing. So with frozen yogurt and you were having no toppings, you were getting 23 more calories in your day than you were if you were having yogurt. Ice cream, you were getting 81. That's that's a huge difference. And then when we throw in toppings, frozen yogurt, you are going to be having 51 calories added on top of whatever the calories from your yogurt were. And 102 for ice cream. So looking at those numbers right there, that is a huge increase in your energy total. Well, maybe not your energy total for the day, but if you are choosing those over yogurt. Now... I find flaw with this study idea that people are choosing ice cream over yogurt. It's much more of a, I'm choosing ice cream. I didn't think about yogurt. At least that would be how I would personally interpret that because yogurt is often viewed as a health food versus ice cream and frozen yogurt being viewed as a treat or a dessert. And I think that mindset shift is more important than anything else here. But yes, you are definitely getting more calories from ice cream than you are frozen yogurt than you are regular yogurt. And you're getting way more if you're adding topping. Both the frozen yogurt and ice cream, if you had them, saw a major increase in your sugars, your total fat, your saturated fat for the whole day. Interestingly enough, though, they also saw an increase in both your fiber and iron consumption for the day. Now, for those of you who are anemic, you're going, yes, I need iron. So maybe this isn't as bad as they're trying to make it out to be. Additionally, while frozen yogurt did not add other nutritional elements to it and actually saw a decrease in certain micronutrients, ice cream saw an increase in both vitamins A and E. So honestly, Choosing ice cream is not the worst thing for you. It's, it's certainly not giving you that reduced fat content or those lower calories, but you're having a bowl of ice cream. You gotta remember that. That's, and I hope if you're having a bowl of ice cream, you're enjoying it. So as far as that goes, is frozen yogurt giving you less fat than ice cream? Yes. Not a significantly lower amount per this particular study, but still a lower amount. And neither of them are doing better than regular yogurt, which is the study's baseline. So take that as you will. So currently, frozen yogurt is meeting its goal of not having the same fat content as ice cream. 
Now, the additional goal that I'm going to add in last minute here is can we get any probiotic benefits from frozen yogurt? Now, people eat regular yogurt for probiotic benefits, so let's see if you can get those from frozen yogurt. I have a 2018 study that came back with yes, sometimes. So probiotics, as you may know, don't necessarily handle freezing well. This study found that both lacto acidophilus and B lactase, B lactis, excuse me, not lactase, those are very different things, would survive the freezing process and still be present after a certain number of weeks if you added a 4% solution of glycerol. Now, for those of you who are unaware what glycerol is, it's, it's sort of like sugar. It's also sort of like fat chemically, but what it does is it is a growth media for probiotics and certain bacterial cultures. It also works as an antiviral in certain food productions, which is just hilarious to me. It doesn't contribute to cavities though, because that doesn't feed that particular bacteria, but it's also only 60% as sweet as sugar. So you're getting something that is both less sweet and more caloric. So that's that's kind of the opposite of what most people are going for when they're looking for an artificial sweetener. But as far as a preservative goes, this rocks and it's doing a great job. The other study that I found that I did use in our research here was the production study. And this study was looking at specifically, can we make lactose-free frozen yogurt? They came out with some promising research but in order to do that, they ended up using heavy cream. So if we're using our common definition of what frozen yogurt is, that doesn't work. If we're using our scientific definition, it totally checks out and we have no concerns. So is frozen yogurt healthy? Well, if your definition in this case is not having fat, then yes, frozen yogurt is going to be healthy again, I've always couched my statements when if I've always couched my statements in this kind of region with you need fat. You don't necessarily need all the fat you're getting in your diet, but you need fat. So keep that in mind. But if you're trying not to get your fat from your dessert, frozen yogurt is gonna work for you. I hope you all have a great rest of your week. Take care, everybody. I know this was a short episode, but Tuesdays are gonna be a little bit shorter, I think. So have a great rest of your week and I'll see you all on Friday. Rock on.